0: ART Gaming Podcast, episode 666, recorded on October 6th, 2022. (laughs)
1: Hello and welcome to the 666th edition of the TV Gaming Podcast and 499th episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Dinser. I am Scott Dirk.
2: And I am Jonah Falcon.
1: The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry.
2: Right, so here's the thing. I was going to do a gaming flashback for Dead Space because as we all know, uh, the release trailer, not a release trailer, but um, the full gameplay trailer for Dead Space Remake was released the other day. It looks really good. Um, and I was thinking, you know, but you know what? We did a, a, a gaming flashback for Dead Space back in 2018, <laughs> which makes sense because that was 10 years after when it was released. But here's the funny thing. I fell down a, a, a wormhole you know, I went into the iceberg looking at some of the stuff. So um, listen to the news that was
0: that, um, uh, that Disney game. OK.
2: There was a um, so this is the news for that day, which was back on October 25th, 2018. So it's actually almost uh, four years ago to the date um, in, in television Amigo console coming in 2020. As us future historians know, that's hilarious because uh, the Amico has been a disaster. The most recent news uh, says that it was trying to sell some NFTs. And uh, Tommy Talarico, who liked to call people on forums gaming racist and mentally unstable, but he also follows white supremacists on Twitter, um, they have significant debt of $3.1 million, and it's basically the same as an $100 Android phone from 2016. That's what the games look like on it. So that has been a complete and utter disaster. Not that the Atari VCS was any better. Splash um, Damage ends development of its team-based shooter, Dirty Bomb. Do you remember Dirty Bomb? That was the sort of sequel to uh, Brink? Yeah. And it actually had some people following it, but it just slowly died. Yeah, it and was like
1: it was it was brink, but like with more of a hero shooter mechanic to it, if I recall correctly.
2: Yeah, uh, Jade Raymond left Electronic Arts, <laughs> and if I remember correctly, uh, she was she was originally with Ubisoft because she was part of Assassin's Creed, the first one. And now she's with PlayStation, I think. I'm I, I'm not sure. Did she did she uh, get employed by a Sony?
1: Jade Raymond. Jade Raymond went over to Google for a while to right. work on management of uh, Stadia projects. And G- then-
2: yeah, well, G- that that really
1: worked out for her. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> well, she got out of there before uh, Phil Harrison drove it completely into the ground.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so. But yes, I do believe that the last thing that I heard her doing was uh, she opened a new studio that was going to be making a AAA game with PlayStation.
2: Right. So here's the thing is that um, that's one news item we're not going to cover that Stadia is now – I thought it ended a while ago. But um, on the upshot, uh, Guilt will be released on multiple platforms. Uh, Not that it was a great game. It was easier than easy, but still, you know, it's a game that was only on Stadia, and now it's available for everybody. Um, and this one will make you laugh, TJ. Fortnite's Save the World Mode won't be going free to play in twenty eighteen. Now for, for those who don't know, um Save the World Mode was what originally what Fortnite was supposed to be. It was supposed to be a co op game with tower building and fending off monsters, and then they added the uh uh the Battle Royale mode and that went free to play and that basically ended Save the World mode. Just sad.
1: Yeah. And that's – it's funny, too, because Save the World isn't – I know that you know the Battle Royale is really where the game exploded, but, like, the, the Save the World mode wasn't bad. It was kind of – it was just like a third-person shooter tower defense.
2: Yeah, and the thing is that the people who loved it felt that it would become, like, the redheaded stepchild after Fortnite blew up with its free-to-play model, and it was just – again, slowly died until they stopped to – uh, I think they stopped uh, 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 supporting it
0: that's really unfortunate I, I think you would want to keep a game to be if uh, flexible options on how to play it and having just Battle Royale just seems kind of limiting but I guess if that's their main uh, income it's what they focus on
2: also the question of the week that that, that day was which cancelled game would you wish had been completed Starcraft Ghost. Fallout 3, the Van Buren version. Warcraft Adventures, Scalebound, Fez 2, Prey 2, the Flash, Fastest Man Alive, Full Thrall 2 or something else? I think my answer would have been StarCraft Ghost.
1: I think for me it probably would have been Fallout Van Buren, because I, I I love the concept of I, I love the concept art that they put out for that game. It looked yeah. very interesting. It looked kind of horror game ish compared to a lot of Fallout stuff that's been done. And I mean like I know that Fallout is had plenty of terrifying elements like the Merlo- Myrlurks and the Ghouls, but Van Buren, Fallout Van Buren felt like a step even beyond that as far as scary factor.
2: How about you, Scott? What what canceled game would you like to see revived?
0: Oh, canceled game. Man, there are so many. Uh, <laughs> just pick one. <laughs> All right, sorry. I am just kept coughing. Uh, Actually, I would really like to see the original Baldur's Gate 3 that was going to be done.
2: Yeah, their version of the Van Buren one.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't think I'll ever see it. I think it was called Black Isle? Uh, I doubt it, but uh, I I think that would be it, because I would like to see or know what story they were going to do, continue in that setting.
2: You know, I haven't played the current uh, Baldur's Gate 3 in a while, um what was it called? I could have sworn it was called uh, Blackgate or something like that.
0: It was a, uh, I I think it was Black Dog or something. Uh oh, the
2: Blackhound. Th-
0: it was Baldur's yeah, Gate Black 3, Hound. the Blackhound. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a reference to a uh demigod in that world. Uh it's a, it's a basically it's it's the, the gods like watchhound that goes out and gets rid of whatever uh is being a nuisance to them and usually it's uh other demigods or or, or mortals trying to become a god or whatever so it kind of seemed like it would have you know there be conflict with the other deities or something like that but i, I don't know um the concept yeah, art was the concept art looks like tunic yeah i
2: guess that's <laughs> their concept <laughs> So we're not just stopping. We're going way into this uh, into this yeah. uh, rabbit hole now, because um, then I had we did have actual discussion of Dead Space Two and Gaming Podcast Two Hundred Nine, which was in twenty eleven, um, and it was uh, parent group attacks. Your mom will hate Dead Space Two ad. The parent group, of course, being Common Sense Media. I don't know if you remember that trailer, in which it showed mothers being horrified by Dead Space Two. Um here's the ironic part. Uh common sense uh media when they gave it a review, they gave it a full five out of five stars.
1: <laughs> yeah, that uh that marketing was ridiculous. It was so silly.
2: Yeah. Um but Halo perspective. Yeah, Halo One being remade for the three sixty? Well, as a spaceman, we know it's now the anniversary edition that was made for the 360 and then kept on getting ported and getting higher and higher resolution as it went along. Um, and uh, by the way, uh, Dead Space 2 had that scene in the very beginning in which someone just turns into a necromorph right in your face. Um, Harmonis confirms layoffs. That was sad uh, because that was at the height... I think that was uh, around a uh, rock band three and you know it was like sad that harmonics was being shut down actually i think it was dj hero that was around 2011 you remember uh, when harmonics uh, shut down yeah
1: they kind of had like uh off and on stint for a while right where they they i think one of the last time thing, things i remember them doing was uh that it was like a card uh music game but you I, collect where you would collect different elements of music and place them on this board and then would like remix them together.
2: Yeah. I think, um, fusion was developed by the same people as, uh, who did, um, who did, uh, who did uh, by former harmonics, uh, things. Oh wait, was it called fusion? You know, that, that DJ game. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it was, fuser. Kind of it was fuser. called fuser, 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 fuser. Yeah. That was the one. I wonder who. De- I, th- I could have sworn it was done by Harmonix, though. A late stage Harmonix. Yeah, it was, Fuser was developed by Harmonix in 2020. So. Yeah. Well, they had massive layoffs. They didn't quite close. And uh, by the way, Fuser is a great game. For those of you who haven't tried it, go ahead and try it. And I keep on uh, buying songs because I need them to make my perfect mix. Uh-huh. Perfect mixtape. Uh, Reggie calls low priced apps a threat to the industry. Now, if you remember, this was a time in which uh, this was Angry Birds and one and two dollar games were getting a lot of attention, which was making a lot of industry analysts lose their minds and think that consoles are going to go away the di- of the dinosaur. When in reality, it was just because the consoles were in their late stage and they hadn't gotten new ones. And a couple of years later, boom, the uh, Xbox One and the uh, PlayStation 4 just blew people out of the door. So, nope, it's not happening that
0: way. So, yeah, there does seem to be a lot of knee jerk reactions from people. It seems when when something new comes out, people will be like, "Oh, this is gonna kill this thing and it's like no it it doesn't
2: <laughs> anyway, it was fun doing this little rabbit hole thing, you know, just seeing back in twenty eighteen then back in twenty eleven I mean, if I wanted to I'd go back to the first episode, but you know what um. The unfortunate thing is that the, the sound files are not there, so we can't hear what they were saying. I'm pretty sure it was me and Scott and Paul who was doing it at that time. Uh, I don't think you've you joined yet, TJ. Hmm, yeah. 2018 was definitely the three of us, though. <laughs> I wonder if we actually have the, um, if it's still there, if the sound files. To- oh, it is VGRT there. Gaming. Okay, so it is. <laughs> so anybody wants to listen to that 2018 episode, they can go right back and listen to it. <laughs> yeah. So what happens is that Podbean uh, started uh, stopped, you know, ending my, you know, just cutting them off, you know, after a certain time they'd be automatically deleted. Now, I guess with my subscription, it's like it keeps everything. I guess because MP3 files are so tiny for the most part, you know, and it's like, we might as well keep it because our our server space is so huge. It's not going to really make a difference. Do you remember video podcasts? No one does video podcasts anymore, do they? That's just, I guess it's because it's all on YouTube. You terms. Hmm. Anyways, uh, let's talk about what we've been playing. I'll start and I would say I haven't been playing anything because I was in L.A. for a week. And when I got back, I went right back into Middle Earth Shadow of War. And at some point, I'm going to do an essay about why the Middle Earth games do open world right and do everything that the Spider-Man, the uh, Far Cry, you know, and uh, the late Batman games do not do well. You know, it it all has to do with uh, emerging gameplay and also knowing what players want and what they don't want, by the way. Uh, TJ, have you heard there's a lot of negative press going around uh, the new Arkham game? Arkham Knight? Not Arkham Knight. Uh, Arkham – was it Arkham Knight? Arkham Knights. Because uh, I know Arkham Knight was an one, one which – oh, it was Jason Todd. Yeah, we knew. Gotham Knights. It's Gotham Knights, yeah. Batman Gotham Knights. And it's getting a lot of negative press for some reason from people who have been trying it.
1: Do you know anything about what that? People, what are people mad about? I've seen uh, we did a pre- preview recently, and uh, it's feeling from what I understand, it's feeling like a huger Arkham than ever before, or not Arkham, a Gotham than ever before. Um, feels very different from uh, from an Arkham game, and like it was, it was never supposed to be an Arkham game, so that makes sense. Um, yeah. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. I uh, I'm, I'm I don't really well. Previews haven't made it sound terrible, and despite the fact that the, the the trailers haven't really done a lot of good for it because they've been chalky frame rates, not all that thrilling combat, and
2: Jason I, Todd just being boorish. I, I found uh, out why because it has loot stats and multiple currencies, which makes people think it's going to be another Avengers game.
1: Ooh, that
2: would be annoying. Which might explain the crappy combat.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I just want to play a game that feels as good to fight and explore in as an Arkham game with my buds.
2: Here's the thing. Um, Uh, I just play the first Arkham game, and I'm happy as a plan. Yeah. That was fun. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, I hope they don't
1: like Avengers up the Gotham Knights game. I see, I've seen the, I've seen the equipment, and it looks like you do get different gear that you can equip as you go through the game. I just don't want it to be, I don't just, want it to be so heavy-handed about that as Avengers was, because I hate that loot grind where you just like every single thing you do, you find something that was like one point better than the last thing, you throw the last thing away, and you get another set of crap.
2: Yeah. Just be glad that Let's that see. Warner Brothers ended their fascination with NFTs. We hope, and that they removed NFTs from Gotham Knights.
1: Yeah, it's it's what it's. I really hope that game isn't like Avengers because that would be
2: just lame. I don't want that. And I wonder how long that game has been in development. I mean, when did Arkham Knight uh, launch? Like 2017, maybe 2018. Or maybe twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. I think it was it was it wasn't that wasn't it was kind of a while ago actually. Now that I think about it, that was twenty fifteen. Yeah. So keep in mind the the development time and who knows what Warner Brothers was telling uh, Rocksteady to do. Yeah. I mean, look at uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, which was basically it was going to be one thing and then they changed it because it wasn't going to work or whatever fad was there just you know was no longer a fad and they decided to change it but they kept all the multiplayer crap in it just made it a single-player multi game so <sighs> what have you been playing tj
1: i have been fiddling around a lot with death with death verse let it die oh really yes uh I didn't play uh the original uh death I didn't play the original death first game which one was uh, that was that was just straight up let it die right
2: Yeah that was let it die um and it was basically a cell phone game that went to I think it actually became well I don't know if it was a, a cell phone game I don't know if it went to console like the PlayStation but basically in that game you grind and then you have to let your character die so that you could level up your nexter from that character because if you die then you have a weaker character that has to rescue him and you can see the uh, the pro- uh, the problems if your guys kept dying and you keep on getting these weaker and weaker people who can't reach to wherever your primary guy died and that at least that was in the first game um yeah so
1: Death First, Let It Die is by Super Trick Games and it is a fully multiplayer uh, it's a fully multiplayer PvPvE set in the de- in the Let It Die universe. Oh which uh
2: Yeah, by the way, um this game is by Grasshopper. Which you know what that means. The original
1: was. Yeah. Let it let it die. The original was yeah. it was by
2: Grasshopper. Which means it was a Suda fifty one game. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, so this new one, and this it has kind of that vibe to it, even in the new one. Death vs. Let It Die is basically set up as a reality TV show in which uh, six, it's it's a battle royale sort of. Uh, Sixteen players are basically dropped into this this uh, arena of base of. Let me think here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven hexagons. Uh, in which you have to track each other down and beat each other down with melee weapons in, uh, in close
2: combat. Are you sure it's not a Suda 51, and, 51 game?
1: <laughs> and as you do this, the certain hexagons fill up with, uh, with like poisonous gas and you have to escape them before you die. Um, and then about two minutes into the match, uh, the, the game releases a hunter into the field. Which will, if it, it will wander around looking for other players. And if it finds one, it will relentlessly track them down and kill them and, and try to kill them before leaving the battlefield. And if it makes the kill, then uh, you can go to where they died and collect a uh, hunter's brand to gain more points. And the whole point is, of course, as a battle royale to survive the hunter, survive the other players, and be the last one standing. I love the combat in this game. It's so visceral. It's so weighty. Uh, I've been moving back and forth. It's got, like, all the weapons are very steampunk. Like, the one that I'm using right now is just a straight-up hammer that uh, if I get it upgraded... and You you find these weapon upgrade posts throughout the match where you can, like, give your weapon a special ability token. And the one that I have... uh, basically yanks enemies inwards, words makes makes them stumble and then uh lets me stun them for a second so that i can follow up with attacks there's also these uh gauntlet there's like steampunk gauntlets that you can set up to uh cast a sort of like electric barrier around you that will both damage enemies and uh and defend you from attacks um there's a there's like a there's a double there's a double work saw that you can use that you can actually like throw it down on your feet and surf on it towards enemies. It's, it's wacky how much that, what kind of weapons they have in the game. And it's really fun to play. I love the, I love the combat. I love, uh, I love uh, the hunter that comes in in the middle of the match and shakes things up. And I, uh, I really have enjoyed playing it so far. It's a free to play game too. It's been
2: really quite fun. Cool.
0: Scott? Yes? What have you been oh, playing? Oh, yeah. I've been playing uh, Trails from Zero on the Steam, and uh, yeah, that that just released, like, like, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, hmm? I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, yeah, it's uh, it's really good to have it on Steam officially, and you know you get to they have they uh have achievement icons for Steam. wait a minute they got wait a minute wait
2: did you play Trails of Cold Steel 4 yeah i played yeah okay because i know you were last playing Trails of Cold Steel 3 so i was wondering if you played 4 because you never mentioned it
0: oh i'm sorry yeah i did play 4 yes i, I thought i did um but if not yes i i played uh all four of the Cold Steel games i played sky and now i'm playing uh, zero on steam and uh yeah it it, it uh, takes place in crossbell <clears throat> it's a city state in in this world in sumeria and you play a, a cop who uh joins a special group in the force called the special uh section police and uh they go around kind of doing the stuff that bracer's do but i guess in a different perspective cuz they want to uh they want to solve more of this more serious crimes, uh, in or more serious issues in their uh, country, slash city, state. It's really fun, and uh, you know, it's you know, it uh, basically it's four years where Sky started introducing a lot more characters. You know what's interesting? A lot of,
2: yeah, you know what's interesting yeah. is that the last tra- Trails from the Sky four was a sixty buck game, and this is a forty buck game,
0: and from my understand,
2: they're both basically the same size.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of gameplay, and I know it's using older graphics. Oh, that must be uh, why. So it's like, yeah, it, it is older graphics. Uh, the music's great. I mean, all the Trials music are, are, are great. Um, but, uh, yeah, the battle is uh, on the grid, and the the uh, orbments are a bit different than Cold Steel's, and uh, you don't have voice acting. Um, or at least you don't have the English voice acting, rather, you have Japanese voice acting. Uh, So they didn't do an English dub.
2: That must be the other reason why it's less expensive, too. They didn't do any localization.
0: Right. Well, not. I mean vocal localization, because it's
2: obviously in English.
0: (laughs) Right, yeah. They they mostly used uh, Geofront's translation, but there are a few scenes that I think are different that were changed. They probably decided it was better to have I, I know I get different uh, texts there instead. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just a couple of scenes though, not a lot, I don't think. Well, this looks
2: crisp. Um, uh, because I remember yeah. there was a complaint about one of them. I don't remember which one, in which the text was was tiny and blurry. I'm
0: not I'm not sure. Oh that. I don't I don't know if it was this game, but I think uh, it was Rising uh, that the people were complaining about the. Text. Oh no, I'm not talking
2: about AU Den Chronicles. I'm talking about uh, one of the Trails
0: games. OK, not this one. Uh, I don't I don't know. I, I don't can't recall because the text is very readable for Cold Steel, I think. So I don't think it was that one. It, it might have been one of the Sky Games. OK. Uh, yeah.
2: Anyways, we're going to move on to quick news.
0: the uh, First quick news
2: is Dead Cells News Boss Rush update is now on PC and will be coming to consoles in late October. Um, I saw I saw the uh, DLC in action. It looks really, really good. I mean, I'm, I love Dead Cells. I haven't played in a long while, so I might actually have to, um, you know, start from scratch. Uh, the Boss Rush mode, uh, uh, from what I understand, it's like you fight three bosses in a row, then you fight five bosses in a row, then you fight three harder bosses in a row, and then you fight five harder bosses in a row. Uh, TJ, did you see it? No, I haven't had a chance to sit
1: down and take a good look at the Boss Rush
2: update. Uh, okay. But it's a free update, so everybody wins. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Have you played Dead Cells at all?
1: I've played it a couple updates back. I haven't had it was when the plants update came out. It was uh, there was like a biome that was like nature and it was like corrupted nature and plants and all that stuff. I haven't had a chance to sit down and really dig into it since then.
2: Uh, Half-Life Twin Stick Shooter fan game gets a blessing from Valve and and gets a Steam release. Uh codename loop could offer some intriguing possibilities for future Quake and Half-Life modders as well. So I saw this and it's really charming. Uh it is a uh 3D isometric top down shooter um in which you use all the weapons uh from Half-Life and it uses all the sound effects and all the creatures. So have you seen have you seen the trailer for it? I'm having
1: a look-see at it right now.
2: Yeah, it's it's really charming. And it's definitely better – well, it would be very hard for it not to be better than uh, Hunt Down the Freeman. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, I I like this kind of stuff. They also did a Halo, a mock Halo uh, top-down shooter. um, What was it called? Not Strike Team. That's the arcade game. But they did two Halo top-down shooters, which is really cool. This reminds me of something and I can't remember. I can't think of what it is It right. Maybe it's the Halo top-down shooter.
1: <laughs> no, that is cool, but there's something else that this makes me think of. All oh, right. First off, it makes me think of sort of like,
2: I mean, straight up like Diablo with Halo, but no, no, it doesn't remind me of Halo at all. <laughs> it reminds me of Halo Spartan Assault. I mean, not Halo.
1: I mean, I meant Diablo mixed with Half-Life, not Halo. Oh, okay. But, um, but more than that, like there are games that I've seen like this in the past, but it's been a while since I've. Are you talking about Alien Breed? That might be the one of them.
2: Let me see. Alien Breed was the top-down. It had three games in it. That was from a while back. Alien Breed. I think that was like in the 2010s to 2009. Which itself, I think, was a remake of the old Alien Breed arcade games. Which- yes,
1: absolutely. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's
2: been a while since I've seen it. Yes. <laughs> um, no Man's Sky 4.0 update expands your inventory and in- introduces a relaxed mode. The update will coincide with the game's long-awaited Nintendo Switch debut. Uh, also with a relaxed mode, they will also include an intense mode, And because relaxed mode obviously means it's a lot easier, but they also included a challenge mode, which is the intense mode for No Man's Sky. They just keep on updating this game. All the- these are all free updates. Yep.
1: And each one of them is brings substantial stuff to the game. Like it's not just like they're not just doing a patch notes where it's like we fixed a few things, have at it. They're adding like full new adventures to have to No Man's Sky with each time they do something. Um I haven't seen I haven't dug into relaxed mode, but I'm curious to see what that's about.
2: Um uh, I will notice that um No Man's Sky <laughs> was put on Game Pass and it never left. It's still on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. So that's another bonus for people. Anyways, we're going to charge into game news. Uh, The first news item is USB charging ports will be required by law in the EU for most portable tech from 2024. And this comes from PC Gamer. Uh, It took 10 years, but the European Parliament has voted to pass a a law requiring all small to medium-sized electronic devices sold in the EU to have USB Type-C charging ports by 2024. By 2026, the same charging rules will apply to laptops. Under the new directive, customers will have the option to buy electronic devices up to 100 watts with or without a power adapter. This also forces companies away from designing products with proprietary power chargers and charging cables, which make the consumer, in Parliament's words, dependent on a single manufacturer. The directive also ensures manufacturers must not quote-unquote unjustifiably limit the charging speed and help ensure that the charging speed is the same when using any compatible charger for a device. This means a company can't slow down the charging of its device should you use a charger other than the one it provided or sold. In the past decade, the European Commission has worked with phone manufacturers to reduce the number of chargers for mobile phones from 30 to 3. According to the release, unused phone chargers reportedly contribute to over 11,000 tons of e-waste every year. The new law was intended to reduce the number of people that just throw out their chargers every time they buy a new device. Uh, The European Commission also projects that customers could save up to 250 million euros annually on quote-unquote unnecessary charger purchases. I will call this the fuck-you-Apple law. (laughs) Fuck you, Apple, and fuck your your lightning chargers.
0: I remember I I, I stopped getting Apple stuff before the lightning charger. I I would get these cables, and they would fall apart With without, like, I would treat them so carefully, so gently, and they would fall apart. The little head of it would just twist off in a month. It was ridiculous. And so I went to and bought, like, a $5 one at a, at a, a grocery store or whatever, and, it wor- and it's and it been working for years. I, I still have it, and, and it's on my little iPod. Uh, I forgot what, uh, 13? I don't know. It is an old iPod. It's, it's a very old one and i will use it until it falls apart cuz i'm never buying another apple thing again
1: DJ? yeah i mean i've had a i've continued to use iPhones because their cameras work well and it works well for what i do with my work
0: and the software but yeah it, it's not it's not the hardware it's the it's the business model that i don't like that that I apple agree with is. You. I'm already two
1: generations. Like it, it feels so dumb that Apple continues to release a new phone every single year, mm-hmm. and I feel like I I I felt like so. Uh, I I still feel upgraded with this because I have an iPhone 12 Pro Max, and it doesn't feel like it's. I'm already two generations behind. It's been two, <laughs> two years. Two years. Yeah, the, yeah, the
2: iPhone 14 is the – I haven't – I just bought a Galaxy S22 Ultra, and I love every second of it because um, I've been showing you – I've been shooting – I've been doing test videos of 8K material, so at some point I'm going to do a 8K podcast.
1: <laughs> the funniest thing about Apple too, as well is uh, that – it, like, creates problems with its own devices that it then fixes in later versions of that device. Like, the the notch at the top of the iPhone on iPhone 11, 12, and 13. Like, nobody liked that. That was a stupid thing they did. They, they, they created a phone that, that the entire front of it is a screen. And then you have this obnoxious notch of black space at the top where the camera and the uh, and the uh microphone or the speaker go but it takes from it takes away from the screen the overall screen uh, uh real estate and it's just silly and stupid and so what do they do with the iPhone 14 they got rid of the notch and they were like we've listened to you and we've improved upon the iPhone 14 by removing the dumb thing that we did in iPhone 11 <laughs> and I and a, and it's such an Apple thing to create a problem, fix the problem later, and then pat itself on the back about it.
0: They 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 really are no longer that 1985 commercial, you know. They, they, 1984 the commercial. People, yeah, 1984. Sorry, they're now the the speaker on the screen, and I don't I don't know who you want to say is that the hammer thrower, but it ain't Apple, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, and. The thing I'm thinking about is how is this going to affect the US? Because here's the thing. If you're going if European Union is going to enforce something, it makes monetary sense, just do it broadly because why not? You know, why have it different in yeah. one country than than another?
1: You're not um, gonna make the US version of the iPhone and then the EU version of the iPhone that's splitting your production and that's and you're splitting your customer base in half.
0: And then when you go to the EU, it's like <laughs> them or something. I don't know. Yeah,
2: I'm I'm just a little salty that the um that the Galaxy S22 Ultra does not have an eight pin you know regular old microphone jack. You have to use the, uh, the USB jack to which is also the power jack. So either you power up and listen to something on I guess Bluetooth, or you listen to something on your uh on your head earbuds, but you can't do both. It's, yeah. It's it's a pain, but you know, people are moving towards Bluetooth. That's why. I, people are moving towards Bluetooth, but you know, I don't want to have to rely on Bluetooth. So uh, Bluetooth gets lost. That's
0: so why I, I sure. have I have a separate music player from my. Uh, that's why I still have my iPod. It, it plays my music and my phone, which is a an Android S10, and it's been working fine. And I like having them separate because I really hate. When I'm trying to text and a call comes in or some other notification pops up and I'd rather have my music separate, just play and continue playing and not get interrupted by the phone or the other things that the phone is trying to do.
2: Next item, go ahead, Scott. I mean TJ. All
1: right. Nether Realm Nether Realms next game won't be revealed during Mortal Kombat anniversary events from Shaq News. All eyes have been on NetherRealm Studios throughout 2022. After all, October 8th is the big 30th anniversary of Mortal Kombat, which first released in 1992. It was the start of NetherRealm Studios and everything that goes with it as we know it. So there was the belief that we could see NetherRealm's next game appear during the festivities. Not so, says NetherRealm boss Ed Boon. It looks like there won't be a new game reveal during the uh, Mortal Kombat 30th Anniversary festivities, but rather some time after. Boone shared this information in a tweet on his personal Twitter late on October 4th, 2022. According to Ed Boone, Mortal Kombat's 30th anniversary and the events pertaining to it are separate from any reveals for the developer's next game. Injustice launched in 2017... Justice Mortal 2. Kombat versus, or sorry, Injustice 2 launched in 2017 while Mortal Kombat vs. DC Universe was released in 2008. It stems to reason that with Mortal Kombat 11 having launched in 2019, we could see the franchise benched as NetherRealm focuses on something new. I think it was very telling that he said specifically that whatever they're going to be announcing is going to be separate from Mortal Kombat. I think that leads me to believe more likely that it's going to be either an Injustice game or a Mortal Kombat
2: vs. DC game. It would be interesting if it was a Mortal Kombat versus DC game because you know everybody focuses on Marvel versus Capcom, and I actually enjoyed Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. Although it was kind of funny every time Shazam said "The Rage." <laughs>
1: yeah, and like they they've they've improved their. They've improved their fighting systems and improved their character rosters so much since uh, the original one came out. I would love to have uh I would love to have like Injustice 2's roster versus Mortal Kombat 11's roster. You know, that would just be fun. And they've improved on their graphics a lot too. So I would love to see a lot of those characters that haven't seen action in a while with just like brand spanking new visuals.
2: They also uh had a sequel hook in Mortal Kombat vs. DC Universe with Darkseid stuck in the in the under, what was it? Underworld, Under Earth? I forgot what they call the Mortal Kombat universe. The um, the under. Oh, the, it's it's literally called Netherrealm. Yeah, and uh, and uh, Khan in the uh, in the DC universe. Uh, it's interesting. Um, the brutalities and some of the brutalities in that game were, to me, fatalities. Like Green Lantern would, crush the person into a into a sphere the size of a beach ball. Mm-hmm. That was a fatality. I'm sorry. You're not surviving that. Yeah.
1: So this was a very interesting thing. And I mean, good on Boone, I guess, for finally saying to folks that, man, I, don't get your hopes up. We're not doing anything on October 8th. So please calm down. Uh, <laughs> there's, which means like, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll wait and see what's next. I have a feeling that if we do get a reveal from Ed Boone, it may be at the Game Awards in December, I think. Uh, but we'll see.
2: it will be interesting if they do a completely new IP, you know. Regardless, like that. That would be very
1: like I don't I don't I can't even begin to imagine another realm doing something completely new at this point because they're so tied into <laughs> working with DC characters and Mortal Kombat characters. A completely new IP from NetherRealm would blow my mind a little bit.
2: Actually, you know what? I was just thinking, you know what? They had the license for for Injustice 2, but, you know, I could just see them doing a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game.
1: That would also be interesting.
2: Because, I mean, Ed Boon is a big fan. So I could could imagine them wanting to do a game based on that license. Also, the recent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle 2 game – Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game was a smash hit the uh side scroller
1: and the fun thing about TMNT is that there's such a wide range to it like going from whether you're looking at the children's cartoons and and how like hokey they are to the more serious like movies in which like the, the first movie was violent enough but they actually had rules for the second movie where they weren't allowed to use their weapons violently.
2: Yeah, or actually going back to the uh, to the graphic novel itself, which was a parody. Um, mm-hmm. Although a very serious minded parody, but still a parody.
1: And I would say that even like the the animated features that have been more recent, like that Batman
2: versus what, that Batman Ninja Turtles comic animated crossover feature. was. Oh, that's right. The, I I I didn't see the animated feature. I read the comic before that that it's based on.
1: The the very recent animated feature is really good. Um, it's got some great fights in it. It's got a, a Shredder is great in it. Like Batman fights Shredder, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles end up fighting folks like the Joker and and <laughs> and Harley Quinn. And it's kind of fun to see that juxtaposition. And also we get there is a fight between Batman and the Ninja Turtles in that movie. It's really fun. We're
2: gonna move go on to the next item. Go ahead, Scott.
0: Okay. Hold on. Uh, Go ahead and open. There it is. Okay. Cyberpunk 2077 sequel is why there's only one expansion, says the dev. This is from PC Games and Developer CD Project Red made waves October 4th with its announcement that it is currently planning three new Witcher games and a Cyberpunk 2077 sequel, as well as a game set and new original IP. A member of Cyberpunk, hold on, a member of tw- Cyberpunk 2077 development team says that this Cyberpunk sequel is the reason why we'll only be seeing a single expansion for 2077. a significant shift from CD Projekt Red's pre-release plans for the RPG game. In the months leading up to Cyberpunk's 2077 launch in 2020, CD Projekt Red president and CEO Adam Kaczynski uh, had told players to expect more Cyberpunk 2077 DLC than the company had produced for The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, which saw a total of two major expansions and 16 add-on packs. As we all know, plans had to change fairly dramatically after rolling a catastrophe uh, that was Cyberpunk 2077's much-delayed launch that December. Shortly after the September announcement of Phantom Liberty expansion, due out in 2023, CD Projekt revealed that this was the only expansion planned for Cyberpunk 2077. I can I can see why that this happened. Uh, you know, with the with as the article said, there was a really bad launch, and they had to fix things and if they're going to do a new game then that's going to cut into doing any dlc for this game
2: well at least they beat out uh, master effect andromeda which got no dlc
0: <laughs> yeah but that's a different company
2: yeah but you know still DJ. You, um you started playing this dj actually not i remember
1: I, yeah like i i've been playing through i've been playing more cyberpunk lately when I don't have anything else going on, I go back to this game and I fiddle around with it to see what's up. And I'm going to play through the end. I want to play through the end of it before the DLC comes out. Um, And quite frankly, it makes sense to me why there's only one DLC to it, because it seems like, and I'm just reading the writing on the wall. It seems like the end game of, of Cyberpunk 2077's main quest is pretty... For like, uh, What's the word for it? Pretty conclusive.
2: I will say yes. Uh, <laughs> um,
1: and so I kind of understand why there's only one. At the same time, I don't know. I guess th- it took this long for them to. Uh, it took this long for them to get the game to a state where everybody is now being like, "Oh man, this game is great!" And it took them launching the Netflix series to get people to go take a second look at it.
2: I don't know. The, the game is not great even if there were no bucks because I still have problems with the perks. They're worthless, you know. It, it, the, the stealth is like "stealth" in quotation marks.
1: There's I've been running a stealth build and the the main things I went for with stealth were I move faster when crouched, which is helpful. Um, I can throw not kn- if I have a knife equipped, I can throw it for uh, extra damage at a target and get and then go collect it off their body. Uh, and then there is a – I mix that with hacking mm. to uh, get more resources out of every data point that I uh that I hack. I don't
2: so know. So
1: basically, basically, I'm a resource whore.
2: Did you uh, <laughs> did you did you get as far as uh Johnny taking over your body and just having a wild party? Yes. That was hilarious, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. That was just so over the top. It was, it was
0: hilarious.
1: Yeah, I, I like the turns that that game has taken so far. It's a very fun city to explore. I, uh, I like the soundtrack when you're in the vehicles. I actually try to be in vehicles as much as possible so I can listen to, to the music while I'm going.
2: Again, I will um, say it this, and I'll say this again. Night City is the best city I've ever seen in an open world game because when you walk around it. It's like it, it breathes, you know, it, it breathes like no other game ever has because, you know, the games, you know, you, you see people walking around, but it's sort of like uh, they're just there, you know, Night City. It feels like a population and it feels like it's actually full. It feels like there's people living there. Uh-huh. And that's why it's such a disappointment that the rest of the game is so mediocre. You know, I, I want to have more games in that city. I, I, yeah. You know, so keep the city simplify the uh the stats you know just just concentrate on on you know uh immersive gameplay
1: one thing i'm happy about is that with cyberpunk 2077 finally done they have that framework for the city they have that framework for the population and they have that framework for territories now you just build a new story in that and hopefully don't break everything along the <laughs> way. <laughs> We're gonna move on to next. Um, Go ahead. But I'm also interested in the New Witcher. I I'm ready to return to the Witcher series. And like, not because of the Netflix series, because I'm actually not crazy about the Netflix series. I think it's
2: okay. I'm willing to bet you one of the three New Witcher games is gonna be another Gwent game. Yeah,
1: I would th- I say I think that's a safe bet. But I'm ready to return because
2: I want that story. I, I, I'm Geralt is great. I'm glad you like Geralt. I don't like Geralt. I think is a bore.
0: Well, the good news is uh, one of their new Witcher games will not have Geralt. I believe they're going to go with a different protagonist. Not sure who it is yet, but I, I'm pretty sure that's like a different, even like a different location in that world, uh, even. So well, that would be good.
1: Uh, what I was going to mm. say is that. I want to I want to go on more adventures with uh with oh, what's it? with Siri. I want to travel with I want to travel as Siri through a Witcher adventure.
2: You want to be in someone's iPhone telling them what uh, what time it is? Not quite.
1: <laughs> I I have always liked Siri's uh narrative throughout the throughout the Witcher games. I think her becoming her coming into her own as her own warrior. And Witcher 3 is an awesome is an awesome adventure. I want to go on a full adventure where like Siri has taken the torch and is now like travelling in Geralt's footsteps. Or or rather carving her own path.
2: I wonder what the new original IP will be. I mean, they.
1: I hope they have. I hope at least one of these games focuses on Syria because I think that she's got a lot of story potential for for further stuff.
2: I would like to see something that takes place in now, you know, something that takes place now, but does have a fantasy, you know, urban fantasy, you know, because I'm tired of el- orcs, dwarves, and, and and elves, you know. Let's let's have something new. Aww.
1: I like that nature of of Witcher the the very the very notably like crafting potions and crafting poisons and crafting different types of spells and bombs to focus on whatever thing that you're hunting. I always thought that was a very cool part of witcher.
2: Well, here's the thing, if they're going to be doing the cyberpunk paper pen and paper RPG, why not do, you know, why not convince them to to let them do a uh, Shadowrun uh, game in the style Valid, of a spell. So someone, someone,
0: someone else has that IP.
2: Yeah, uh, they-, they they do, but it's the actual owner of the IP who has the who owns the IP. He did a Kickstarter for the game, which I backed. Um, they released three Shadowrun games, and they're basically you know, th- um, you know, isometric games. the The thing about the big thing about the first game was that it allowed you to make modules of your own and make your own sh- uh, Shadowrun games. But can you imagine uh CD yeah. Projekt Red uh cooperating with uh with I think it was Jordan Mechner? No, that's the guy, Prince of Persia guy. I forgot the name of the guy who owns the IP, but can you imagine them working with him to make a Cyberpunk 2077-style Shadowrun game in which, you know, you have elves, dwarves, and and orcs, but it's all in 2022?
0: Yeah, I I wish that the... uh, Because I remember when I played the SNES uh, Shadowrun, it felt like I had a world, a city I was exploring, like you were talking about, the Night City. I wanted to do that in that new Shadowrun, but it was more uh just uh scenarios you were just going to scenario to scenario there was nothing to explore you just were doing the battles
2: how about you tj do you want to see a new shadow run game i like the
1: idea that you were getting at where it would be like a shadow run game but it would still be a witcher game just set in a modern time that would be cool if it doesn't have to be Shadowrun. it i would like i like the idea of like a witcher set in like either modern or slightly more futuristic time where like you still have like these you have like tech and you have mm-hmm. guns and swords and and cars and all that stuff, but you still have orcs and uh and elves and and different and and dampiers and and monsters that go bump in the night that need to be slain
2: like I said uh, you know. Urban fantasy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're gonna move on to the next.
1: I think that I think that's a really cool idea. I would love to play something like that.
2: Move on to the next item. Nintendo has updated eShop rules on adult content. Publisher says. From Eurogamer, Nintendo has quietly tightened up its policies regarding the release of adult games on Switch. A publisher has said in a recent Twitter thread, the adult game publisher GamuZumi told fans it had heard back from Nintendo about facing an unexpected delay in its launch of its most recent title, title Hot Tentacle Shooter. Uh, According to Gamuzumi, uh, which describes itself as a boutique publisher focused on releasing mature or edgy titles, which is softcore hentai, uh, Nintendo has now ruled that games featuring topless anime women are no longer allowed. This decision, Gamuzumi uh, said, has also blocked the launch of another of its games, Elves Christmas Hentai Puzzle. We have received an answer from Nintendo, and now we have confirmation that they do not allow uncensored boobs on their consoles now. Gamuzumi wrote, basically obscene content could damage the brand and infringe its policies. In a follow-up tweet, Gamuzumi said it would now censor its games and try to submit them to for to Nintendo for release on the Switch once again. Nintendo has, perhaps surprisingly, allowed the release of several games featuring adult content or escape themes in the past. Nintendo Switch game Hentai Uni, which has a Peggy 16 rating for nudity and sexual innuendo, reportedly features topless anime characters. Its release in April this year raised eyebrows, and it was accompanied by the tagline, it was, quote-unquote, a puzzle game that can be played with one hand. Another Nintendo Switch game, Fantasy Tavern Sextet, is meanwhile rated Peggy 12 for sexual innu- innuendo. Released in 2020, its description promises you'll laugh, you'll cry. Set against the backdrop of a fantasy world's tavern, this slightly naughty slapstick love harem drama is about to begin. Eurogamer uh, contacted Nintendo for comment on its policies, but didn't hear back from them. I'm not surprised. I mean, it's a Japanese console. Not having anime titties is like salt. Uh, like f- French fries not having salt.
0: <laughs> I am kind of surprised that it took Nintendo this long because they, they're, they're. I mean, I can see these kind of games being on Sony or the Xbox, but Nintendo was supposedly like child family-friendly, and so it's just weird to see these games on mm, there.
2: So is the Atari 2600 and the NES and the Super NES. I'll tell you, there are so many hentai games on the Super Nintendo, it's not even funny.
0: But... I guess. I never saw those.
2: It's unfortunate you'll no longer be able to see nipples. That's the only thing I have to say. <laughs> I mean, I, I really want to see what Elf's Christmas hentai puzzle is like.
0: I'm sure you can Google that. <laughs>
2: I'm pretty sure I can. The question is, do I want to? <laughs> it's sort of like uh, like uh, schmuck bait there. Yeah. Well, it's already on PC, actually. And, uh, yeah, it has a lot of titties in it. <laughs> it's a funny thing
1: about uh, Nintendo Switch, right? Because it is, it is now... It is the indie game console. Yeah. And... The problem with that is that it has the same issue that we had where like it's a it's a dump site for shovelware. And like it it does take some effort to get a game through Nintendo's like their their certification, but it's clearly not strict enough that you can just shut, like release some of the dumbest shit that I've ever seen on there. Like I go through I go through Nintendo Switch's uh, new releases just about every month or so, and some of the stuff that I have to sift through is just hot garbage.
2: <laughs> yeah, even Steam now has better uh, curation, which is saying something.
1: And, and it is what it is. Like I, I, I like the Switch as a as an indie game device. I think it's important for indie developers, and I really think that the that it's important for. And I think indie developers themselves realize that you that. Steam and Nintendo Switch are the destinations these days because there are about 300 million people on Steam and there are about 90 million Switches out there. So that's a lot of install base. Um, and for better or worse, that's why we see such garbage come out on on, on both platforms.
2: Fantasy's Tavern Sextet may be Peggy 12, but there's a lot of close-up patty shots. Mm. Aside from big boobs and brassieres. So I, I don't think they're going to be missing anything, just because you can't see a nipple. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hentai. Hey, maybe I should do a gaming flashback on General Custer's Revenge. Custer's Revenge Ugh. for the 2600. <laughs> Talk about dirty pixels. Anyways, we're going to move on to the next time. Go ahead, uh, DJ.
1: All righty. Overwatch 2 has been under a mass DDoS attack on launch, says Blizzard. From VG247. Tw- Overwatch became available less than, or more than 24 hours ago. And as expected, there have been some teething issues when it comes to accessing the game. There were queues of up to 40,000 players at once. That said, Blizzard has acknowledged the, the queue times for the free-to-play multiplayer title via Twitter. Uh, Mike Ibarra, president of Blizzard, tweeted that the team was working to fix the issues and that Blizzard was humbled to see the excitement of its player, players. Later, however, Mike Ibarra followed up on his prior tweet by quoting it with, Unfortunately, we are experiencing a mass DDoS attack on our servers. Teams are working hard to mitigate and manage. This is causing a lot of drop connection issues. He would go like this, this would go on the uh, director of the game to add further color to this would go on to say that not only did they have to deal with that first DDoS attack, but a second DDoS attack happened. Um, obviously it's been really frustrating. There've been a lot of players out there that have been really excited to get into this and it's kind of marred the, uh, the. it's been a rocky start for the game that, and you have to have a working cell phone number to, uh, to sign up, which I think they removed that requirement either today or yesterday.
2: You know, there's a lot of conspiracy theories right now saying that there's no DDoS attack. It's just that Blizzard's servers suck, and they're trying to cover up the fact that they suck. I, don't think, I think it's an actual DDoS attack because, let's face it, Blizzard knows something about servers. Blizzard
1: pissed a lot of people off, and a lot of people have enough time on their hands to just set up a, a annoyance and then walk away from it. And that's the fact of the matter is that, like, when you piss that many people off, like Activision Blizzard has over the last, what, four years? And longer than that, really. Uh, I'm not saying they deserve it in the slightest. Those people work, The people that are working on Overwatch 2 don't deserve to be attacked over how hard they're working on this game. However, the management has pissed off a lot of people. And unfortunately, I think that's a big part of why this is happening.
2: We'll see what happens when Microsoft, you know, takes control.
1: Yeah, but it's out. Uh, it's a it's out there now, and uh, hopefully, it'll stabilize over time. I know that I saw something about them removing the the cell phone number requirement because it was like it's it was an anti cheat effort, right? They were. They wanted to make sure that people like, if you were gonna cheat in an Overwatch game, then they're gonna know it's you cheating. <laughs> on, so you have to log your cell phone number to to log into the game. Um, and for a lot of people, a lot of people believe that's going too far. I don't know. I don't care as long as they're not like, as long as Blizzard doesn't like calling me with fucking spam. Um. <laughs> But yeah, this is a this has been a very rocky week to to be an Overwatch fan. Cause not only can you not play Overwatch 2, you can't go back and play Overwatch 1 because they killed it to replace those servers with Overwatch 2. Huh. That's lame. Isn't it? Like and I've always believed that, like, oh I actually reviewed this game and in my review I said Overwatch 2 doesn't feel like a sequel. It feels like it should have been an expansion. That would have made more sense to me. There is nothing about Overwatch two. It's the exact same
2: game. Well, ironically, you know, I think maybe they um, <clears throat> did some new netcode and moved it to different servers. Maybe, you know, there could have been a lot of technical, technical stuff that was put into the game. You don't actually see. say.
1: But when you but when you look at the game and when you play the game. It is just Overwatch Two. It is just Overwatch One with a two next to it and a fresh coat of paint.
2: And a bunch of new characters, at least. So um, here's the three f- three
1: new three new characters. And those could have and you could have put those in Overwatch One.
2: Well, here's the thing. Um also I think this is their way of getting a new audience because people may not have wanted to hop into Overwatch One because, you know, they didn't know anything about it. But now it's like, oh I can start in fresh with Overwatch Two. So it could be that as well. I, I know what you're talking about. It could have been an entire but they did that with um with Team Fortress two. You know, they never made a Team Fortress three, they just kept on iterating. And I don't think that was making them any money, so I think they decided a new tech and just did this one and wanted to start over, basically. It gets it gets them, you know, more money I guess, but not that much. isn't Overwatch Two free to play? Yes, it is. Okay. To a degree.
1: Yeah. If you're coming over from Overwatch 1, you get to keep all the stuff that you had. If you're starting in Overwatch 2, then you have to go through a new player process that includes grinding and unlocking all the original roster. Mm. And that's been... And you can buy your way out of that grind. Well,
2: obviously you can. If you spend, well, 40,
1: you bucks, <laughs> if you spend okay. 40 bucks. it's like buying Overwatch 1, and you get all the characters, and you get the battle pass.
2: Yeah. Okay, we're going to move on to listener feedback. Um, Ralph wrote twice because uh, he decided to binge some episodes because he's been uh, behind. Uh, for episode 663, he wrote, I played a lot of Magic the Gathering because a new expansion was released, and since Wrath of the Lich King uh, Classic was released for World of Warcraft, I got back to it for a lot of hours. Uh, regarding the topics, I have a simple stereo setup in my PC, and I think this is talking about when you were talking about the new ster- you know, the new speakers that you'd reviewed. Uh, Because most of the time I play with a headset anyway to talk to my friends on Discord or listen to music. In my living room, I have a good 5.1 setup with a new receiver and five nice, toyful speakers. Uh, For XCOM, he played it 10 years ago, but I don't think I will replay it. Maybe. We'll we'll see. Pac-Man 4 sounds interesting, and maybe I'll check it out. Um, Which Pac-Man was that again? That was... uh, Oh, right. We were talking about the state of play forward and direct so uh, that was a new pac-man game that's going to be on game pass which is nice uh kirby games the only i think the only kirby game that i have played is the one first game uh, on the first game boy back in the days good old times you could spend a lot of games to a uh, spend a lot of time to a single game i remember that first kirby game and i remember the commercials for it were weird
0: uh, kirby seems like an interesting game i haven't played it myself but I, i've always liked it It always seemed like a cute little yeah. character.
2: You eat people and poop, out and poop them out.
0: <laughs> Kirby is everything. the
1: strongest Nintendo character.
0: He's, yeah, he's he's a, a black hole, a portable black hole. He just sucks everything <laughs> in. <laughs> he's
1: also he's also the only one in, in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate that canonically survives the ultimate attack of the antagonist that wipes everybody else off the map.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: but, uh, yeah, I I love Kirby games. I have been playing every single one of them since the very beginning. I love Kirby. I love Kirby the original on Game Boy. I love uh, Superstar. It's one of my favorites. I love Epic Yarn. Me and uh me
2: and Sam played the hell out. Didn't of Didn't they game uh, come together. out with a new game that was not Epic Yarn? It was, uh, it was the one about Kirby and the Forgotten World. No, no, there was one that came after. Uh... There was one that came after that after uh Yarn, but before that one and i'm trying to remember what it was you know that one actually had ink spills and all that stuff similarly like papercraft type kirby game i'm not sure but we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna dwell on it uh and his next one for 665 that's stranding chapeau i was so damn excited for this game and so hard disappointed can't remember whatever game disappoint me that much i think i managed to play 10 hours to give it a try but i don't think i'll ever return to it you know well balancing games aren't for everybody (laughs) i
1: uh i still like
2: i i think death stranding is
1: both he's right it's a frustrating game but i also think it's
2: a unique piece of art here's the thing i look at it as one of the atari 2600 games you know one of the old games for consoles which took one gameplay mechanic and ran with it (laughs) and that's all it did Like Kaboom, the entire thing of Kaboom is you're catching bombs for uh, uh, into uh, into uh, barrels of water. You know that was all it did. You know you had your pad, you had the bombs coming down. That's it. So this game is all about balancing and you know trying to uh, work through an environment, you know, while telling your typical Hideo Kojima story along the way, which is more which is more work than the actual gameplay for me.
1: Uh, that's pretty good. I mean, you're not alone in that sentiment either. There are a lot of people that find this story to be fucking exhausting. <laughs> um, I like it. I like Mads Mikkelsen. I like Norman Reedus. I like, uh, all the other, char- I like all the characters in this game. I think, uh, well, not all of them, but, um, I do believe that it was again, a very odd game but I also think it's an interesting piece of art.
2: Yeah. Uh, the GTA 6 leak. I think the only GTA I played was the first one together with a friend sitting together and he played, I watched it. So I'm assuming he means GTA three because the first two GTA games were top down.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I actually sat down and watched like story missions of uh, GTA five recently.
0: I, I think he could have played the actual first GTA with the friends. I remember doing that. Really, well. because that
2: was a PC game and a and a and a, and a handheld game. The mm. original, the very first GTA one on and two. Yeah, I think they were also on PlayStation. But I think it was just the top town. Oh, was the original? Yeah, maybe. I don't it know. It did
1: come out on PlayStation. Okay. Of okay. Me and my friends played. Yeah, but
2: I'm, assume, I'm assuming he meant the GTA three.
1: Um, yeah. The the very first one you're right was a top down game. GTA two. was also top. The, the GTA two was also top down.
2: And they had the DLC that was London Calling. That was set in London. Yes.
1: Yes. Well, G- the London Calling was a full on game. Oh, was that was a GTA
2: two. Oh no wait. Oh, okay. Nope. Even then, just- even <laughs> then, they were making GTA spinoffs. <laughs>
1: GTA London came out between GTA One and GTA Two. GTA Two is where they finally started introducing the faction system, in which you had to like appease certain. You could become, you could get on the good side or bad side of certain gangs.
0: I think it was GTA Two that we saw then, because I, I remember sitting there watching my friends play that, and it, they had a flamethrower and they were talking about doing missions for gangs and whatnot. And mm-hmm. it was definitely on PlayStation. Yeah. Yep. Uh
1: yeah, I love GTA two actually. I, lo- I I and it's interesting to see how a lot of what was in GTA two came to be like reutilized and reworked for, for the third person games later on.
2: Uh King of Fighters, isn't there a new Street Fighter coming? I don't know anything about King there of Fighters. I don't know anything about a King of Fighters per Samurai Showdown, only Street Fighter.
1: <laughs> King of Fighters is dope as heck, but like it's not I, I will say this: King of Fighters has a huge, huge, huge following in Central and South America. Um, there are like European uh, King of Fighters fans, but I think the ones that I the the only place I know of where the scene is strong is in France. Um, but yeah, they just brought they just they just brought Samurai Showdown characters to King of Fighters. Um, but yes. Ralph, they are bringing. They are about to do a new Street Fighter. The beta. This is going to date this episode a little bit, but the beta is about to kick off here shortly. And I got in. <laughs>
2: of course, prepared. you got in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I'm ready to throw it down. This is the first time I've been excited for Street Fighter since Street Fighter Five pissed me off and I swore off the series for the entirety of uh, mm. of its seasons.
2: I remember that the PC uh, version of Street Fighter Four was considered the best in the series. Yeah, Super Street Fighter 4 was... For the PC version uh, I'm talking about, yeah.
1: um, They did a good job with that one, and then they ruined all of their goodwill with Street Fighter 5 for years.
2: I guess Um, Xbox players can say, at least we avoided the bad one. (laughs) Street Fighter 6 feels like every
1: lesson learned from Street Fighter 5 and implemented properly. It looks good. It I've actually had a chance to play some demos, and it feels good. Even in demos, it's it's and some of the fe- and the features that they're doing for single player mode, in addition to like the they're actually monetizing single player features.
2: Yeah, alongside multiplayer. I'm telling you something. Um, there was a lot of shock when they had to the see the hitbox mode.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because frame data and, and hitbox stuff is hard to put together. Like, there's a reason why developers don't share that stuff with, with fans as much. It's because it's not easy to make visual, like, visual assistance for all that stuff in real time. Um, and then there's the fact that, like, you're going to have what is essentially a Capcom collection, like, arcade collection in this sort of yeah. battle hub. Yeah,
2: and thing. the, uh, the show the hitbox can- thing is going to be in the Street Fighter 2 thing.
1: Yeah. So you'll be able to play like old old Capcom games like Street Fighter 2 and even other things like beat em ups like Final Fight. Inside that battle hub as well as playing like a story mode where you like go around Metro City, which is the city from Final Fight and like learn uh fighting moves from masters like E Honda and Kin and and other characters. That's so cool. I love everything that they're doing with Street Fighter 6, from yeah. multiplayer to single-player.
2: They're doing the entire history thing, too. I mean, you could play Street Fighter 2 with 60 frames or with original frames, uh, with enhanced graphics or the original graphics. They're, they're going the entire route of, play the Street Fighter 2 that you want to play.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, like, the new game is looking dope as heck. I've had a chance to fiddle with it a little bit, and I'm really excited for this beta this weekend because, like, the character... One of the characters that I always maimed was Jerry, who is a Taekwondo uh, specialist, and I love kick-based offense in fighting games, and I'm really excited to give Jerry another go on Street Fighter VI.
2: Anyways, please stay healthy and keep on gaming. <clears throat> so look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net, along with industry news and our gaming history articles. We enjoy feedback few Come to our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, us up at Facebook.com slash Subscribe to us at ISU's, leave us at ISU's comments. You can find me on Twitter at Jonah Falcon. You can find me at Johnny Chugs. You can find
0: me at Charter Moore.
2: And we will see you next week, and hopefully we'll have a special guest next week for the
0: 500th episode. Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun, be cool, play games, y'all.